Hi there. Welcome to another episode of What the Flock. And I'm a little extra excited today because we have Spanky Taylor and Tori Chrisman, uh, former Scientology members. And I have my own burning questions that I want to ask them. But first, let's read the quote of the day. Everyone ready for the quote? Yep. Yep. All right. All right. I used to think that the worst thing in life was to end up alone. It's not. The worst thing in life is to end up with people who make you feel alone by the great Robin Williams. All right. So, Hoyt, I know that you obviously know Spanky and Tori much better than I do because I just met them. But I'm going to sit here and probably interject because I know I'm going to have questions that pop up. But I'm going to let you emcee and just kind of take it away with our lovely ladies. Well, thank you, Shell. And welcome, Tori and Spanky. I'm thrilled. I, I These are two of my favorite women on the Aww. planet. He did and, say that. And, uh, he did say that. So, uh, so, excited, <laughs> so excited to have you here. And um, I mean, it's so interesting when I think about when I first got here to California uh, after I escaped my group, it was around summer 99, you know, and um, boy, you could not talk about Scientology back then. No. It was hush-hush, and, and obviously people knew about it, but times have changed. <laughs> so, and a lot of it, you know, I, I, a lot of it attribute to people like you two who've, who've really spoken out. You guys, you're early whistleblowers, and I just have nothing but love and affection for you both, and just tons of admiration. So I've got a little, let me, let me tell you a little bit about some of our guests here. All right, so Tori was in Scientology, for 30 years. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah we, 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 we got some years we pack up here, you know, all of us at this table. She woke up and escaped and got out in July of 2000. Um, now, at, she uh, after years of OT7, which is something we'll explain later, but it, the height is what, OT8, right? But after years of OT7 not working, and with the help of a person in Norway she met on the net, hmm. Andreas Hendeland. Heldeland. In her own words, she woke up and literally was chased across the country by Scientology slash OSA. And OSA stands for? The Office of Special Affairs. Okay. What was that? The Office of Special Affairs? the Office of Special Affairs, which is their PR legal. Like the SS and the Nazi. Some of their behind the scenes creepy things. The Tampa police and three friends helping her out of the Tampa airport. Wow. Since then, she's been uh, for 21 years an activist, helping hundreds of people, many who she knows from the internet by phone, and has helped educate thousands on why not to join Scientology. She started making videos in 2000, and in 2008, Anonymous began taking on Scientology. Now, Anonymous is... Anonymous is just an anonymous group, and uh, they. someone described it to me, it's like a a pie, and a sliver of the pie took on Scientology. Okay. What happened was um, Tom Cruise, somebody leaked a video of Tom Cruise, and he looked nuts, saying you're in or out. Right. <clears throat> and so Anonymous said, you don't own the internet, because Scientology said to YouTube, get it off YouTube. Right. And Anonymous said, no, you don't own the internet, uh, we do. You know, nice. the people do. People. Got it. Got it. Okay, great. <clears throat> and per her friend and fellow activist, Mark Bunker, is that the right way to say it, Bunker? That's right. Uh, she started a YouTube site, which I highly recommend. <laughs> uh, Tori Magoo, number 44, has made over 800 videos mm. exposing Scientology, their front groups, and most 
and mostly their abusive action, you know, right. actions. And so um, then uh, let me, I'm gonna, we're gonna, that, we're gonna get into that story. So she remains an activist and a speaker and is working on writing a book. Um, daily, she speaks to people, especially younger people, letting them know why not to join Scientology. Right. Um, and then they're uh, after young people. Exactly. So mm -hmm. It's good to know. And then uh, through Scientology, you know, Tori and Spanky have known each other since the 70s when they met at the Celebrity Center. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. They reconnected in 2000 and have been dear friends ever since. Both of them have helped many, many people, sometimes together, often in different ways. And uh, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about Spanky now. I mean, you might recognize Spanky from uh, Going Clear, you know, which is such a great program, the kind of groundbreaking. <clears throat> the documentary? Yeah, the documentary. And what? where can people access that if they still want to watch it? Can you they? You could Google it and it'll... You can find it, I guess. You can Google I think it. on YouTube, too. And uh, YouTube it as well. But um, it's Alex Gibney is a great documentarian, so where her stuff is located, but she's an Oscar award-winning documentarian. He's brilliant. And he invested a lot of time and effort making this, what I thought was a real good documentary. And we won Best Documentary that year at the Oh, wow, the I didn't Tony even know app. that. Yeah, yeah really it good. was great. So it's called Going Clear. Highly recommend it's, it's you watch. Going Clear, Scientology and the Prison of Belief. Which nice. It truly is a prison of belief. Yeah, it really, yeah, really yeah. is. And Spanky, you now work in a company that does audience response and th and threat assessment for high profile clients. Yeah, which, it's my own company. Yeah, so that I've had for many, many years. We might need to hire you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Wait. So, so ladies, welcome again. And um, you know what we try to do here is really just give the the kind of cult survivor you know network an opportunity to kind of tell their stories where you're speaking to like-minded people who've been through similar circumstances and just kind of uh, give a chance to kind of hear you in your own words take us on the journey that you've all gone through and what you've learned and uh, obviously there's a uh, there's some tough times but there's a lot of silver linings and a lot of lessons learned and that's really what we want to get to is is you know how it starts, how you know what life is like in there, and then ultimately how we get out, and then more, most importantly, how we put our life back together afterwards. So, mm -hmm. um, uh, you guys can pick which one wants to go first, but uh, I'd love to kind of talk about mm -hmm. what I love to call the perfect storm of you know what what were the circumstances where you were in your life when um, the opportunity I say that in quotations um, you know crossed this group and this kind of way of thought and how it it kind of took on, took on its own life from there. Tori nominated Spanky. Did you okay, see that? Okay, so I did. Spanky, Hi. take it away. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, if you saw Going Clear, you kind of know this already, but I was very young when I got involved. Um, I had friends who were musicians and cute boys, you know, mm -hmm. always cute boys. Always good. So, um, so um, I was very young and impressionable. They all got involved in Scientology and... Um, Two of them in particular, well, three of them, that really had a great influence on me. And they got involved in Scientology and rapidly told me how they were going to acquire superpowers. And I was like, wow, superpowers, great. I'd like to do that as well. <laughs> so um, so I followed them in and in time more, got more and more involved because I was very young at that time, like 13, 14. And then oh, later wow. on. Wow, I didn't wow. realize you were that yeah, young. And, yeah, but I didn't get really involved until I got a little, I got involved and then I stepped away for a bit and concentrated more on my high school stuff and then got back involved. Um, and then, and a lot of my friends, followed me in and were also there and my two best girlfriends as well. Mm. So they followed me in and then 
as uh, soon, like the minute I graduated high school, I came to sign my billionaire contract with the C organization, which is like the fraternal order of Scientology. Wow. And um, now, now, now explain that billionaire. Some people don't know that, but that, that what is the billionaire contract? So in, in the organization, <laughs> if you're very dedicated, you join something called the C organization because it was based on C terms and uh, um, Hubbard had been in the Navy or whatever, so he created the sea organization. And so it had it was a flotilla of boats, of ships. And um, so in the sea organization, when you join, you sign a contract for a billion years. So I broke my contract. So <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't stick it out the whole billion. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I left early on and, um, but, and built a life. I had, I had, I was, blessed enough to have children and could make those choices for them. So in many ways, they saved my life because I needed to get out so I could raise them and did. How how old were you when you got out then? Um, I was in my early 30s. So you were in for how long? How many Well, I was years? in the organ sea organization for seven years, I think about seven. And then, um, but altogether, oh God, I don't, I don't know, it's from 30 to 33, 36, whatever, mm-hmm. right in there. So a long time. And... And then, um, but got out of the Seorg at about 33 and um, I had one child and I was pregnant with my second. Mm -hmm. So I kidnapped my child and took her and... (laughs) Did you say kidnapped my child? Yeah. I did. But you you really did. I mean, I had had to escape with her. Yes. Yeah. Had to kidnap your own child. Yes. Yeah. Because at the time I was in something called the Rehabilitation Project Force, which was like a, a reindoctrination program for those who show any... Resistance. Yeah, resistance yeah. or subversive behavior. So I was. it's a prison camp. It's basically a prison camp yeah. where we worked 30 hours on and three hours off, truly, literally 30 mm-hmm. hours working and wow. three hours not working. And, um, and so I was able to get my daughter and, and run away. But don't you think it was more like you rescued her? Oh, well, yeah. Now I do, yeah. But I mean, literally, I had to kidnap her to rescue her. But I mean, she didn't want to stay. Oh, no, she was just a baby. She was just a tiny baby. Just so it's clear. clear, Because it's like she wasn't a member, really. No, she was just a baby. So, and so I... But that does happen. You know, some families get torn apart. I know. But I just want to make sure for her story. Yeah, no, no. She really rescued her. No, yeah. Well, I did rescue her, but she... She didn't have a say in it because I was her mom and yeah, I was taking her, exactly. whatever. So mm-hmm. I did kidnap her and she was rescued, rescued. And so, so, um, so really the, the entry point for you really was largely, I guess, a peer pressure element, oh, right? Oh, very much I mean, so. And also, kind of like they, had very, doing, right? they had altruistic goals and they were going to, we were going to save mankind and we're going to help the universe. And I had been such a child in the 60s and that I was working hard you know, to stop the war in Vietnam. And I was very politically mm-hmm. active. Right? Sure. And then um, I think I think there was a book written from mascots to mantras or something like that about people who are politically active then get into these groups. And and mm-hmm. that was me. And I really I really wanted to make a difference and save the world. And and then this Scientology thing appealed to me so much because this helped people individually. So I thought, well, we can't get everybody. So this one-on-one, this is much better. Right. So then we can help people one-on-one and get them cleared one at a time. And, and then we can help everybody that way. Anyway. Well, no, yeah. but, but I, think cool. that's, I think that's one of the most insidious parts of the indoctrination process is not only is it a bait and switch in the sense like what you sign up for versus what it actually is are right. vastly different, sure. right? Mm-hmm. But the other side of it is 
they're basically taking your most noble attributes of your personality, your desire to be a better person, become less selfish, become more service-oriented, help your fellow man, help the planet, whatever those things are that you would really pride yourself in saying, that's the best part of me. That's what they manipulate against you. Right. And I think also yeah. having been, I was raised in a, a family that was, my parents were very charitable and it really did a lot as as much as I could to help others. And so the real there before the grace of God go I mentality was so ingrained in me. Right, right. And yeah. so I really wanted to help people and only to be in a group that then like looked down on that. And right. you can't help those people. If they're less fortunate, they pulled it in. They created that. They're degraded. They're like, what? And it was such a, a hard thing to wrap my yeah, head around yeah. Yeah. because yeah. it was so um, not about <clears throat> taking care of people on an individual basis. It was kind of objectifying everyone. You know, that person is degraded. That person is counterintention. That person is a potential trouble source. That person, I'm just labeled in everyone. And which was just absurd to me, but I fell right into it. Hey, join the crew, join (laughs) the crew. So Tori, let's hear your your entry point because I know you've got an interesting story as well. Yeah, mine, I was a hippie in San Francisco <laughs> doing a lot of drugs and just, you know, social druggy, not really a drug addict, but just trying everything and just crazy. I mean, I was in college, quit college, went to New York, moved from New York to San Francisco to become a hippie, partied, doing drugs, fighting the war in Vietnam. You know, again, mm. we were kind of saving the world as, as hippies. As you know, that, yeah. That's what we were doing. And then... Mm. And then that kind of fell apart. Someone explained it, but anyway, it was like after um, the three main guys, Robert Kennedy and Martin Luther King. And JFK. And JFK, when those three guys all got killed, she said, we all went upstairs. You know, it was just like everybody kind of did their own thing. It was like, this isn't going to work. And so anyway, I, Mm. my parents again said, all right, you're going back to college. That's it. They were always trying to get me to go to college. Right, right. And I'll say to any parents who are listening to this, <laughs> let your children work for a year. Because I told my parents, if you'd let me work for a year, I would have had a master's degree. If I knew how hard it was, you know, it's just, <laughs> but you don't, you know, and they just they wanted to push me into college. And it was like, nah, nah, I don't need it. You know, like you, I meet all these people now that I'm an actor, you know, but they're working at Denny's, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> And it's like, you have to get trained in something so that you can make money and and then do what you want if you want to be an artist or whatever. Anyway, I was in college and uh, academics have interviewed me and who study cults. And they say, people don't join cults. Cults come and get you. Mm. And that's that's how it works. Mm -hmm. And these kids from high school came and got me and gave me this Dianetics book. And I basically want, my grandfather was a doctor and Mm. I wanted to be a doctor. Right. But then I was in college and I thought, there's no way I'm going to go through four years of college, four years of medical school, you know, just on and on. Yeah, being an intern, all that. It's a and long haul. And then I read about you could clear someone, which is the Scientology, <laughs> you know, lingo thing where you can yeah. get rid of all your bad things. And I thought, well, this is sort of like being a doctor, only it's only six months. To become a- <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no, through it. No, but that's, so, that, I, think, I think that is uh, very accurate to the... Uh, and, and it's not always recognizing it at the time, but the appeal of a shortcut is really tempting, right? right? It's very, you know, yeah. and, and, and you don't necessarily recognize it in those kind of blunt terms at that time, but it really is something, the pitch is very much about, oh, we've done all the work and because we recognize you to be special, you don't have to do that work. 
you get the you, you know, yeah, come so with you, us and you we'll get help the, you. you get the shortcut you know mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that we've got you know so you, because you're special you don't have to go through what we went through to figure it all out right. you just have to follow the playbook right yeah Right. Exactly. So I, I read Dianetics. I only read three chapters in Dianetics. And I thought I had an argument with my dad and I've always been a night owl. And he said, you know, go to bed. And I said, dad, I'm in college. And he said, it's our morals or no school. And I thought, all right. And I wrote on the mirror, your morals are no school. Screw you. <laughs> and my dad was a wonderful man. So me writing that was just unbelievable. But anyway, I before I say another word, I just want to say to anyone listening to any of us, the internet was not around in 1969. <laughs> so people talk to me and they're like, how could you possibly? And I, my analogy is, have you ever seen the Truman Show? And if yep. you haven't, watch it. Because that yeah. is really how a cult Jim is. Jim Carrey. Yeah. Yeah. It's Jim Carrey. Great but point. But it's like, a, all cults are like a triangle. Yeah. And you have to work your way up. And as in Scientology, certainly you have to pay as you're getting free, right? So right. you're paying all the way. And getting less free all the way. So anyway, that's free is the term. Yeah, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But it's the opposite of that. But you know, at the time, I read the book. I had the fight with my dad. So and it was '69, and I was hitchhiking all the time up in San Francisco. So I thought, in the back of the book, it said Saint Hill, England, or American Saint Hill, L.A. So I said, I can't afford England. I'm going to L.A. So I hitchhiked by myself from Chicago. (laughs) Wait, how old were you at this point? I think I was 18 or 19, wow. 20, you know, I was yeah. a young kid. You know, You're that's the thing. That's why I always tell kids, you know, like I talk to them about it every day because if I meet a young person, I just say, look, I just want you to know, don't get in Scientology. And a lot of them have questions mm. because yeah. they, they, they're not, they can't believe that it's really as bad as they've heard, mm-hmm. but it is. It's, yeah. it's, no, we yeah. always say, you know, if you really knew everything, it's worse. So that was it. I hitchhiked there. Got went up to American St. Hill, which is their big, it's a big, you know, and everyone was marching around in these uniforms. And I, I was like anti-military, anti-organizations, and they, you know, they were super organized. And I just thought, this doesn't look fun at yeah, all. Right. And I, and, oh yeah. And they had the big giant pictures of Hubbard, which I thought, that guy looks like Hitler. <laughs> and, and I should have just walked away. And there's a great book, if you haven't read it, called Blink, which I mm. recommend to everyone. It's about your first instincts yeah. are often exactly correct. And had I listened to myself, I would have walked away. But that's also youth. Youth, you don't really know that yet. Right. You know, it's like, it's kind of baptismal fire. We learn by right. uh, mm. kind of getting close to the flames. And uh, yeah, that's, that's. I mean, I, I, I certainly, I was 16 when I met the cult leaders. So, yeah, I just, I just don't think you have perspective. And, no, you don't. And, and it's one of those things of where if you are seeking something, right, and, and, uh, and in essence, seeking answers, uh, and you convey that to anyone around you, whatever age you are, usually people are very, oh, that's great, that's fantastic, very right. encouraging. Right. But I can say now, looking back at it, I wish people would also couch that statement by saying, but be careful, because every kind of master manipulator out there is going to see you as a target because right. you're so open and potentially vulnerable right. to, because you haven't really maybe discovered your passion and you're looking for some sort of purpose. Right. That's a prickly time and it's be careful. So time. it's awesome, but be careful. And, and, and I, you know, I hope by telling these stories, we can put that word out to people like, be careful. And know? I don't know about other cults, but in Scientology, they cu- immediately Hubbard started cutting off anyone looking at another side. 
it was his mm. side or nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and he said highway, right yeah. in the beginning, you yeah. know, it's like stay on the road and you'll get free. You get off the road mm-hmm. and you're you're over. You're lost. Yeah, and, yeah and most so, cults do that exact same thing. Really? Our group called it spiritual pornography. Ooh. We weren't allowed to look at anything else. It was a right. sin. Yeah, it's it like a sin. sin. That's yeah. how it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, but again, people listening would go, I would never do that. And neither would we if we had heard this conversation this long, even. Right. Mm-hmm. We would have not, none of us would have. Right. We might have looked a little better. Right. Um, I, I think it might have been more difficult that you knew the leader personally. I never knew Hubbard. Right. So, but I certainly, he, his legends loomed large. So, but I knew people who knew him and, oh, so he's very mythical, but all powerful. And right. so um, I don't know if I'd have been even more trapped had I knew him or less trapped if right. I'd got, oh, no, or if I'd got, if it had sucked me in more, it's hard to know. The mm. big part about cults and, and mm. any abusive group, and this is, and I say this because it's important, if you're in something and you feel creepy, it is creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, start don't don't ask the people in it because remember they're in the Truman Show. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to get out of it and start looking. And I, and I can't say it enough. Listen to friends that are outside of it. Both listen sides. Listen to your always. family. You know, listen to people that ha- know you. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's what and, they and, they cut off all those lines. And it's one of those things. If 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 the information per se is valid, it should stand up to criticism. Exactly. Right? Rather than exactly. being cut off and saying, oh, right. I can't hear any right. any kind of debate. Right. You know, um, but it's 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 this erosion of the critical thinking, right? right. I mean, it's like, uh, I love that analogy of how you boil a frog. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a very incremental basis. And, and just like you say, there you, you have those feelings at first, those, those warning signs that right. you ignore for whatever, you know, we all have our own kind of reasons that we didn't. But I found that in the recovery process, you go back to those moments and go, damn, I knew, I saw it. <laughs> I like, know. Why didn't I? So but, incredibly but I think, insidious. Right? It, it's it really incre- is. But, but so, so let's pick things up where mm-hmm. you've both kind of have shown some receptivity. You're getting into the group now. And then uh, I always like to say this, you know, like, you know, you know there's, there's these things that make you stay, right? You know, what makes you stay? Because there's, there's positives. And, and so that's the, the, the entry point is being drawn and seduced by those positives. So what were those things that you guys were experiencing where you start thinking, oh, maybe you start looking past those initial reactions to think, oh, maybe this is good, actually. Maybe this can be something beneficial to me, you know, so I'd spank you. For me, it was the people. I mean, I met incredible people. Yeah. I mean, the I, they were fun and they were kind and the whole situation was fun. But I wasn't very early on. It's changed greatly since those days because I've been out a long time. Yeah. I've been out almost as long as Tori was in, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, but because I knew her when we were much younger and right. then I knew her again 30 years later. Right. And almost 30 years, I don't know, 20 years later. But um, so I... It was so different, and Tori can tell you, it was really kind of a party, wasn't it, Tori? Yeah, we, we, I, we always tell people that it was really fun in the old days, and there were really cool people that yeah, were in it. great. Smart people. Creative, brilliant creative people. Creative musicians, artists. It was, it was, a, it was a blast. It really well, when was. do you think it started to shift to go from fun party to what it's evolved into today? Um, I can answer that. Okay. Cause yeah, because she was, well, I left... Well, the reason I can answer it is because my mu- I was married, and my my husband, my ex husband now, but his parents got in in 1950. Oh wow! So I kind of know that whole history, and mm. it's like what happened is Hubbard started with Dianetics, 
Right. And then he shifted to the Church of Scientology. And a bunch of those Dianeticist people said, no way, man. We're not church. We're not religious. No. Mm -hmm. And they left. And that's when he drew the line and said, you know, you're in or you're out. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no, you know, he, he, so he, and because we have letters from him all the way up the quote unquote bridge to total freedom where every level didn't work and he would, my ex-husband's father would send him more money and he would say, thank you for the money. I'm so sorry. Blah didn't work, but we're coming up with the next thing and that'll do it. You know, <laughs> that'll do the trick. <laughs> it's always the so, next thing, right? So I think he personally, and he was also, and I'll talk about this later, but because I have a medical condition and they made me get off my medicine and I didn't find out until I left that he was popping pills all the time. So he was he, getting- He being Hubbard. Hubbard. Yeah, so yeah. he was getting crazier himself. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And things weren't working. So I think all of that combined to make it worse. Yeah. Because he got stronger and you have to do this and, you know, that kind of thing. And that's very common with a lot of these uh, cultish, you know, leaders. They're completely hypocritical and it's a right. double standard. And that certainly, you know, emerged in my group as well. But uh, but I'd love to hear kind of how the uh, how the critical thinking kind of eroded as you as you move in to the experience and you start thinking, oh, this will be good. And you just start, you know, I going think- along. Primarily for me, it was the incredible lack of compassion for others. It was a very hard thing for me to to swallow because right, I yeah. had been I had been raised uh, the dichotomy of that, you know, that we had to we had to care for people and that that actually they were beyond frowned upon. I mean, these people were actually spit on. I mean, right. literally, demonized, and, yeah. yeah, and uh, truly demonized mm. because these were degraded beings and these people who had created whatever misfortune they had. If they were sick, then they were victims. And they're like, what the, what, you know, so that was hard to deal with wow. for me. Was was that presented as kind of a cruel love type thing or was it oh, just- Oh, no, no, there just, just, no. Once you've assessed what that person is, they didn't need no, to be No, because dumped. in Scientology, they say we're trying to make the able more able. So you get people at the top of, of the stack of, if you hit people, people right. go. So why would you be pulling people at the bottom when you just pick the top ones off and get them, help them get even better as oh, opposed Lord. to dragging the people out from the bottom of the bunch. So, um, so I got that oh, at that yeah. time, but at the same time, I didn't like that it was, that these people were less than, or if they were in a less fortunate situation or maybe an ethnic group that you didn't want to approve of. We had so few people of color in in Scientology. Yeah, and even I used to always ask them that why don't why don't we get more people from all these other you know groups? Areas Cultures, yeah. and groups I was and you know I'm Latina. I mean, but I kind of look like a real white person, and a lot of people say, "Oh, you're a Jew from New York." And I have friends who really believe I'm a Jew from New York, <laughs> and they make up stories about, "Oh, Spanky was just she was born in June from New York, but then she got." kidnapped by gypsies and sold to a Latino family in California. <laughs> and that's, and, and so that's why she thinks she's Latina. But, um, but truly, um, I, I hated that there weren't many people of color. So, so did you, did you, how did you rationalize it? Cause I mean, you stayed in for a long time. So how, how did you kind of make peace with that? You know? Well, I, I did until I didn't, you know, yeah. until I couldn't anymore. Um, and I come hate, on, there were five black Scientologists. I right? know, and I knew all of them. <laughs> I knew all of them. <laughs> and out, wow, out of, at the wow. time, many it's thousands, awful. many, yeah. many thousands. And in terms of staff member, maybe there are two. Yeah, I know. And so it's, it's crazy. But yeah. um, uh, it, it's just absurd. But um, I, you just kind of, 
you put it on the mental bookshelf and yeah. you just in the closet. You just put it over there and you don't think about it until you go in the closet and the bookshelf falls on your head sure. and you can't escape it mm. anymore. But you kind of sweep it under mental carpet. All of your thoughts of this is screwed up. You no, I can't go there because to go there, it's going to be a problem. Right. It's going to cost you time and effort and work. So you just you just don't go there. And yeah. the other thing to point out is in Scientology, being critical of Scientology for mm -hmm. any reason. Mm -hmm. If you you know, it's called Dianetics, the modern science of mental health. After 9/11, I was on the internet. I was out. 9/11 right. happened and I see for mental health and they're absolutely against mental health of right. any kind you know, psychiatry, psychology, right, anything right. is totally not okay. And it said for mental health, call this number. And it was the Dianetic hotline. And I wow. I announced it on the internet. I said, that's the Dianetic hotline. And we wow. called the station and said, this is Scientology. They're totally against psychiatry, mental psychology, therapy, anything. Wow. This is ridiculous. Anything and they took it off like anybody. that. They just took it off. It was right underneath Bush. And no, that's like, it's like the... Um, the Cult Awareness Network. Yeah, yeah. that they bought. That they bought. They bought. For the audience that doesn't know, that there was an organization called the Cult Awareness Network that mm -hmm. was kind of a home, homegrown, a lot of parents who lost their kids into these situations and kind of started this whole kind of foundation. And uh, at one point when I guess they were doing a lot of these very um, strong extractions to try to pull people out of cults, like virtually kidnapping people, right. um, they had tried that with... A certain group and uh, Scientology came in and defended the person who'd been kidnapped mm -hmm. and, and basically, you know, took, you know, basically sued the Cult Awareness Network and, and bankrupt them and then took over the business, kept the handle. And then when well, they, when, now they call it InCAN, the new Cult Awareness Network. Oh, really? But it has yeah. an N in, in front can? of it, InCAN. Yeah. InCAN. Yeah. So in that was in what, 1990? I think I don't it was when they right them. around there. But oh. yeah. if you find anything from before 1990, it's still, I think, um, you know, accurate data. Sure. Anything after that, Scientology. That's Scientology. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, how dreadful. So, yeah. so, Tori, you get in and then tell me about your cooking of the frog and your, how you kind of warmed up to the Scientology lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, it's for me, uh, you know, it. I, I, just like Spanky, it's the people. Yeah, you know, it's. I think when most cults people stay because of the people. Yeah, and and they're so loving and warm. And even when I meet people, I always because I'll start talking to them about Scientology, and you know, I can see in their eyes they know someone. They have a neighbor that's a yeah. Scientologist, and I say, look, let me get something straight. Scientologists are good people in general, but the people running it are awful. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Right. Okay. Yeah. So for me, I got in and I, 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 we were having a good time. It was a big yeah. party. Right? We used I mean, to say, if it's not fun, if it's, it's not, not Scientology. You can't say that to this no, day. No, you can't say that. And that was now. the other thing I left out was that Hubbard died and Miscavige took over. And he's even way worse than Hubbard right, was, I've in heard my that. opinion. Yeah. But anyway, um, so I'm in it. I, I'm training to be an auditor, which is a counselor. I'm really excited about it. They say, you need to join the Sea Org. And so I think... Okay, you know they, they're like you know you're special. We right. need you in the sea world. Right. Right? We're all and of so course, special, right? I know we're all so special, but so you know lucky. what? It's a it's a button. It's yeah, a it go does. button. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And yeah. so I thought, okay. And they bring out this billion year contract, and in the contract is 
all your sexual activities, which I had a lot of. <laughs> it oh, was really? awful. It's, you it's, had do- to, it's documented. You right had there? to not write for me. Not no. only not who that was before that. You had to write who, what you did, really? how you did it, when you did it. Where you you did know it. all this wow. stuff. We had I mean, to do that. Just so you know, in my group, it's yeah. called the Light and Darkness Study. Right. You had to list out every single sin to the yeah. detail. So, yeah. so if yeah. you didn't, if you left something off. Would you, would you, would no you, one would know. Okay. Yeah, yeah they wouldn't but really would you, know. But, but, but you know, but, you're but, kind but of you would, brainwashed. But you would beat yourself up. You That's yes. what part of right? this is for all of us, is it is a mental, a mental mind control. Yes. And, yes. They, and they are slowly, it's, it's very exactly. slow, like the frog. It's a prison of belief. Yeah. So I joined the Sea Org. I have epilepsy. I haven't had a seizure in 30 years now because I've been on medicine. But they, after I think a few months, I ran out of my medicine. Right. And they said, uh, okay, you have to go see the MLO, which uh, I said, what's that? Yeah. I said, that's the medical liaison officer. And I said, oh, okay. So I go down there. I mean, I'm 22 and I go down there and it's an 18 year old kid, untrained in medicine, doesn't know shit. Oh my but, God. I, you know, I'm in this, I'm in the Truman Show, right? And right. he goes, look, you know, we're, we're the Sea Org. We're the top 10% of the planet. We don't take medicine. We don't take drugs. Now, did I know Hubbard was popping pills right, behind my back? Not, no. no. So he said, "We're going to get you off your medicine. You're going to take. You're going to take calcium, magnesium. Use this stuff from Adele Davis, who was a wrote a book on nutrition and um, Dianetics. And everything will be fabulous. And everything will be fabulous. Oh, yeah. So I start. I, I leave, <laughs> and I start having grand mal seizures, which are awful. If oh, you've ever geez. seen them. And I'm losing my short-term memory, which oh, if I keep goodness. talking, you'll get it. Because yeah. I, I, I always say to people when I speak, I'm like a tree. And if I get off on a limb, somebody has to remember what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> I won't. I and it. so I always ask someone in the audience who has a good memory. And yeah. someone will always volunteer. And it really helps. It really does. But anyway, see, now I already forgot. No. Well, no. <laughs> and, and I'm not much better. So I'm, I don't like, I'm not going to be very good being the trees. I'm out on the limb, no, no, I'm but, out the limb right with you. But what was uh, I saying? No, you were we, saying you, were, so you got epilepsy yeah. and then that's okay, what Okay, so they brought me out. Yeah, I'm they, having grandma seizures. My mother starts saying, Tori, they're going to kill you. You, you. They're killing you slowly. Wow. They're killing you. And I'm like, no, no, Dianetics is going to fix it, Mom. Don't worry about it. And I'm having more and more seizures, and they're awful. You know, I'm the degraded being now. It's like, you know, you are low responsibility, Tori. That's why you're having these seizures. And they have a whole... Now, now, now what's low responsibility in, in, in like, side, you know, side terms? Who knows? Yeah. You know, it's totally like, you know, who knows? I wish I had time to ask it. I know. Who knows? Why do you ask I know. I, listen, it, it's in my, like, in my group... We should have had you in our back You know, in my group, you know, the, the leader said, you know, the space people are going to come lift us, you know, out of here when the, you know, the end wow. of the world was coming. I never stopped to say, well... Are you talking to the good space people or the bad people? Like the fact that the space people existed, I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. So, so, but it is, it's that lack, that's, you know, lack right. of investigation. It's stuff right. I cringe at now, but it's, yeah, that's where you, in that space, you just want to believe. You just yeah. want to. Well, and when you know. you, like you said, when you do investigate, it's so painful right. because, you know, compliance becomes the path of least resistance. Sure. Because like in our group, it yeah. would just become such a thing and you were You'd in trouble and yeah. labeled yeah. and yeah. independent. Sure. All these things that you're called and brought before the group or whatever. So you're like, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, don't, sure. rock, don't rock the boat. Yeah. 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 So I'm out of the Sea Org. I'm having seizures. Finally, my mother, start, who I wasn't really close to at this point, and she starts calling me every day. 
And she goes, what are you doing tonight? And I said, I'm going out on a date. And she goes, okay, I'll call you tomorrow. So she calls me the next day and she goes, how was your date? And I said, what date? And she said, okay, that's it. And my dad was, he's in the football hall of fame. He was like a, a he stud. played for the Chicago yeah. Cardinals. And then he went on to broadcast with Kurt Gowdy in the sixties. Nice. So they had media lines all over the place, you know, and lines meaning that's a Scientology term, I think. Context, yeah. Is it, yeah, okay. line, you know, yeah. Science, know. Media context. Okay. But anyway, I knew my mom and my mom said, look, you are either on your medicine today and your doctor calls me today and says, you are back on your medicine or I'm going to personally fly out from Chicago to LA. I'll be there tonight, Tori. Hmm. And trust me, L. Ron Hubbard and the Church of Scientology will never forget your mother. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, love that. I love it. Who I wants love to it. have seizures anyway? Yeah, I didn't. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I was no. like, okay, I'm in. So I went and talked to the doctor. He said, no problem. He's, he actually was for medicine. So I right. said, yeah, great. All right, I'll get you on your medicine. So wow. that was that. So that was a big... You know, changing thing, and you, you, your question was well, like, like, and he was at, also a yeah. At, at, how do you kind right. of, how do you start to warm up to thinking Scientology is your thing, and you stay in it as long as you do? Like, there's okay, always, that was a good point because yeah. that was the final point of it. Right. I, because I routed, I, or I had to leave the Sea Org. They said I owed a hundred thousand dollars. What? And yeah, because freeloader. I because I was a freeloader. Freeloader. Yeah. Wow. After six wow. months of being in. After six. So months. I wrote. I I I was with these really creepy ladies and they were like, you've got to do this. And I said, <laughs> okay. And one time I told this to some, some um, skeptics and I had never thought of it this way, but I said, get me a pen and paper. I'm going to write to the one sane man I know, L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> and the whole audience cracked up. You know, I never thought of it that way, but it was yeah. funny. But anyway, yeah. I wrote to him. <laughs> I wrote to him and he did say, and I think he wrote me back, but Maybe someone else did, but either way, he had to have okayed it because it was went from a hundred thousand to, um, I think it was twenty five dollars. I had to pay for staff status one and two, two little courses I'd done. That was it. He said, and then continue up the line, and we will see you when you handle epilepsy, when you get rid of it. Right. So I went from I got in to help other people right. and be a counselor. Mm. Now I'm Tory. Mm. The problem, right? right. Mm -hmm. I have to handle this problem. And the auditing doesn't ever handle it. Like my mother said, so, it's and, not and, a psychosomatic And explain, explain the word handle, how it's used in this way. Okay, yeah. handle is get rid of. Yeah. Erase it. Deal, you know, deal get, with it. get rid of it. And auditing is supposed to erase all these problems. Right. So every level, people would say to me, did it handle epilepsy? And I'd say, no. You know, it was just like, I just kept thinking, okay, they'd say, because they get with you and they pressure you and they go, honestly. And the other thing with cults, and it's probably true for you two too, they find out early on, what are your buttons? Right. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah, right. of course. And then they find out who you respect. Mm -hmm. So now if you want to leave, they start bringing those people in mm -hmm. who are going, what are you thinking of, Hoyt? Yeah, you know, you, right. you know, you know, I've done that level. I'm doing the next level. I I already did the net level. You're going to come up to right, and right. then I'm going on to the next one. Exactly. Believe me, that level is going to fix it for oh, you. Oh yeah. And you're like, you already respect the person, and then you think, well, it's like okay. a golden carrot. Yeah, oh. the carrot just keeps exactly. moving. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. Just a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I and I think it's it's 
it's such a group psychosis in the sense that, you know, like you're describing, you meet these people in your group and you really have massive respect for them. They seem, you know, you know, they're, they're, they're very sincere, you know, and, and they're very kind of, um, motivated and, and it's, it's, it's inspirational and, and you don't want to let them down. And, and that, they're invested as exactly, well. Exactly. They're totally invested. And, and it's that type of thing of, of you, like you're saying, you don't want to be the problem you know, right. you, and you don't mm-hmm. want to be the the person who doesn't seem to get it. Right. Uh, and, and all of those factors keep, I, I mean, I know for me, it was just like, I, di- I didn't want to be the guy that had failed the opportunity. Right. And so it really plays on your, on your, on your, your hearts and souls and it's, it's brutal. So, um, I'd love to start leading towards, you know, how we, how, how you guys exited. We've got about five more minutes of this show. We'll, you know, go on to the next one, but where, you know, where were the, when did the cracks in the veneer start to kind of, you know, take you from, oh, I think this is a worthy journey to, uh, I'm not so sure anymore, you know? Well, for me, when I was a member and early on, I met an extraordinary person who was a woman named Yvonne Gillum, Yvonne Gillum Gent. She married the which was then the president of the organization. She was, and I say she she started Celebrity Center. Yeah, she was founder of Celebrity Center and she was truly extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And she was so kind and true. Almost everyone I met that knew her, they were so blown away away by Mm -hmm. her because she was the real deal. I mean, she was really kind and she was very sincere and she, she was completely completely hooked on the Kool-Aid. I mean, mm. immersed <laughs> in it. But but even still, I think, and she was a good person when she got in as well, I'm sure. Yeah. She mm-hmm. was a kindergarten teacher and she was an author of children's, but she was just wonderful. And truly, and I met her and I thought, oh my God, this woman is so great. And I was, I thought it's time, very fortunate in that I got to work with her and be with her a lot mm. and eventually be like her assistant and her deputy or whatever, her public relations person. And she was the best representative of her Hubbard that could have existed. Right. And truly so many people I knew were even more of Yvonne Trons. Her name was Yvonne than Ron Trons because they were so dedicated to her because she was so sincere true. and mm. she made everyone feel special. And because she, she injected them with certainty right. and joy and because mm. that's who she was. Um, when she began failing, which she did physically, mm. she was worked to death. And when she began to fail, it was so hard for me to deal with. And then she was really neglected, even though I felt she had dedicated her life and oh. even her children, given mm-hmm. them up to Hubbard as young children. I was like, what? You know, and she, oh, she she just more um, wanted her children with her so much. She just missed them so greatly and mm-hmm. could never be with them because when they she would go to see them on the ship, they'd get sent away or... Um, or when they'd come here, she'd get sent on the project wow. or whatever. So it was all kind of later. You see it very clearly that it was right. by design to keep them apart. And she loved them so, and she missed them so greatly. Oh, and so, um, so she eventually died and was quite neglected in her illness. And it, I, it was more than I could deal with. Right. I was like, what? And so I, I got very mouthy with one of the higher ups, mm-hmm. and I said. You were Yvonne's assassin mm. because they wouldn't allow Good for us. for you. And, 
And yeah, and that's what landed me in the prison camp because <laughs> oh, I wow. had a big mouth. Oh, you went into the prison yeah, camp. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So Insubordination. Is, well, is that what they, they call the hole? Is that the hole? No, that you? was this is pre-hole. Okay, um, but this pre-hole. is like a local. <laughs> this is a local hole. This is a local. It was just the local hole. Yeah. <laughs> and this wasn't as bad as in the, the morgue. <laughs> in the, it was literally. It was in, in the, the morgue, morgue at the Cedars wow. of Lebanon. At Cedars of Lebanon, which I and you bought and made into their. Oh and we were gosh. in the basement. No, truly, wow. in the basement. And then Which below you know that, was by design. Oh, of true. And then there was, oh. if you were really bad, I was bad. But if you were really, really bad, you'd go to the RPS, RPF. So the people who were, were not even allowed to be in the RPF, which is really bad, they'd go to the RPS, RPF. And then right. it was really bad. I'd, so I'd what's the RPF stand for? Rehabilitation Project Force. <laughs> but it's not rehabilitating at all. It's, no, it's, it's, just, <laughs> no, it's abuse. It's just flat out abuse, right? It is right. Yeah. truly abuse. Yeah, yeah. It's abusive. And, um, Though I know people who loved it, but because they were working so hard in their jobs to get out and have to just have to do, you know, physical labor yeah, yeah, and right, be right. out of the mindset and the pressure, that was like a holiday for them. Oh, well, well that's, that's how true. some people talk that's about true. in incarceration being a relief yeah. because right. their life yeah. is so hard and horrific yeah. and they can't pay their bills. Sure. It's like, oh, at least I can read a book all yeah. day. Yeah, true. But yeah. you couldn't read a book or, or here. It's, I mean, a, it's also a little bit of the Stockholm syndrome sure. yeah. of where. You have to rationalize that the abuse was for your benefit. Oh no, so truly. You don't, and yes. I thought this this, this right. is going to help me. This this will help. I mean, I right. didn't this think that when I went benefit. there. I thought, right. of course, I'm not. This is a mistake. Right. And then finally, well, I'm only going to get out if I play ball here and say, okay, I get it. I I am suppressive, and I have to get fixed. Right. So this is going to fix me. Suppressive. Oh, yeah. so um, basically, which the organizational happily enlighten you with the fact that both Tori and I are fundamentally evil and bent to the <laughs> destruction of yeah. mankind. Aren't <laughs> we? <laughs> Wait, say that again. I fundamentally said, evil and bent, bent on the destruction of mankind. That's a suppressive. Yeah, that's, that's a suppressive. That's both Tori and I. And that's okay. thousands of people, Leah, Leah right. Remini, you know, Leah Ryder, right. other well, people that we love most in the world. All right, well, let, all listen, let, let's wrap that up here because that's a great cliffhanger because I'm, I'm dying to know yeah, how it plays out. Yeah, keep going. So, uh, you know, let's, 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 uh, let's kind of wrap this up now and we'll kind of continue. Well, thank next, you guys. But yes. uh, I'm so thrilled to have you both here and thank just you. for sharing your stories, which are absolutely uh, incredible and speak just incredible uh, courage that you both endured. And as we like to say here, live to tell the tale, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. We're going to do part two next. And I'm going to, you know me, Hoyt, going to yeah. read that quote of the day one it. more time. <laughs> I used to think that the worst thing in life was to end up alone. It's not. The worst thing in life is to end up with people who make you feel alone. By Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. May so, he rest in peace. Yeah, 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 yeah peace. exactly. All right, we'll see you next time, guys. Guard okay. your hearts and yeah. your minds, my friends. No one should have control of these except you. And we will see you next time. Okay.